All right, what's up, guys? Uh, we are on another episode of Elite Physique University. Um, this week, you guys just have me, John, and Jason. Um, we're going to do an awesome little Q&A with you guys. Uh, some listener questions came in, and we'll get going on that. But first, of course, we always like to check in. I think it's been a couple weeks anyways that we've all yeah. seen each other, so we've all been really busy. So how has oh, yeah. it been going? Jason, you're always the exciting one, man. You've got so much going on. Why don't you all right, well. I'll lead off. Um, so I was down in Florida, uh, Venice, Venice, Florida. Um, New Ethics is being, uh, a, we're having a product placement on a show called Country Ball. The premise of it is, is like this uh, high school coach. He's a young guy. He's like 30. He, but he's really connected, really does well with the kids. Well, he's going around to schools where kids are really good, but they're not getting looks because the school's podunk or so small. And he's helping them get their connections to go d1 um so i was down there and uh he he coaches high school as well and, and high school football in florida is fucking ridiculous like yeah. the, the the venice was like top eight in the country and like the team they played was like top 14 in the country and then these kids already have like d1 schools making them offers and they're juniors and like oh. it's, it was pretty wild dude like how intense it is and now with the nil rules uh where you can get sponsored as a as a division one athlete and oh. they can make a lot of money some of these kids are going to come out of high school as soon as they sign and walk on the campus they'll have 15 million type wow. crazy yeah nil changed the game um, so anyways, we're going to be in that show twice. So I was down there Thursday to Saturday. I filmed Friday. Uh, we went to a game and like, I like, they, it's cool. Like they don't tell you what to say, but you know, they tell, they put you in spots. So they're like, all right, well, Sean's going to come walking in here in five minutes. He just texted. We're going to have you walk up to him and we're going to film it. And you guys can discuss new ethics products and his training and whatever. So it was cool. Um, and I've been around cameras and everything. So it, I think it flowed really well. So I talked to the producer and he, I was like, you know, I can send up other people. Um, and he's like, nah, he's like, you went real, you did really well on camera and you, you and Sean have a rapport already. So just, just you come back. So I guess I'm going back soon. Um, but that was pretty fun, man. It was cool. It was a different side to see. Um, they, they were in con film festival and did really well. So I'm pretty sure the way they were talking, they'll be picked up by like the streaming companies like Hulu and uh, Netflix and stuff. It's not really a matter of if it's, it's when, um so jason's so gonna cool. be a movie star now yeah right <laughs> right uh you know you know what though man like if anybody's comfortable in front of a camera whether it's this or speaking in front of people talking about the things that you know and you talk about every single day like you're i, I don't think there is a better person so i'm sure I, i'm excited to kind of see more like once you can let us yeah. know like i'm yeah. sure it's super organic it is. It was, it was pretty organic. And and I think this next time I might even be like going to the um, kid's house uh, to sit and have, I don't know if we're going to eat or what, but uh, yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll come out really well. I'm really thinking it's going to be a nice little spot for us and a different um, eyes on us, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, so I have that going on. Um, I have filled my group five. Well, I, I'll take a few more, but my group five for mentorship is, is just about full um i'll start a wait list for group six but my mentorship program has been really taking off and people just kind of write me unsolicited all the time saying how how great it's helped them with this client and that client so uh, i just keep posting those things and uh it, it's it's really grown it's something i really enjoy is just making better coaches so i got that going right now uh, i'm probably missing some other stuff but i'll stop talking and let let you talk yeah i uh 
man, I've been busy the last couple of weeks with, with fat muscle specifically clients have been doing well, like they've been placing well. Um, I'll have a little rant to talk about. I haven't gone to really any shows this year. I took the, so it's the first year I've taken off. Cause I used to go to every show. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was gone. Yeah. I mean, you remember like I was yeah. every show first year I've kind of stepped back and taken a break because I needed it. And I want to push fat muscle. And I want to talk about the things that I see as a coach when I don't go to shows versus when I do go to shows and how my athletes react to feedback from other coaches in the crowd when I'm not around or, or how they take the judges feedback when I'm not there to give them feedback when they say you're flat doesn't always mean you're flat means you need more muscle. Like awesome. there's certain different things, right? That, yeah. you know, I had a couple of things happen where I had a client go off and do someone else's plan because I wasn't around to help them understand the feedback that they were getting. Wow. So it, it's something to where I've noticed that when I'm not there, there is some negative sides to it. So it, we'll sure. talk more about that. I think maybe in a future episode, I think maybe that's even a good topic to talk about doing shows with a coach and stuff like that. But other than that, I've been staying super busy outside of my athletes. We did uh, a lot of apparel. It's coming a lot of apparel. I've got a whole bunch of backpacks over there that we got figured out how to heat press on and do a lot of fun stuff with. And we just had a huge meeting for fat days of Christmas where we're going to, you know, do eight days in a row of all these different specials that we did last year. So from the supplement side, we're having a lot of fun and the marketing and stuff like that. So, you know, just typical in the trenches grind. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see my big ass freaking whiteboard over here. So I'm a nerd. Um, on the other podcast, I do fat muscle project podcast. We had Stephanie Theobald on to tell her story, just kind of like her journey. You guys had her on excellence cartel at one point to kind of talk about that. So just been having fun, man. Just been having fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to this episode because I love Q and A's, but what about you, Kayla? What's, what's new with you? What's going on over there? Um, well, I guess for me, I had a client compete in his first classic physique show. Um, he did very well for his first show. Um, we came in, we had to push him pretty hard. Um, first time competitor though. So he had lots of questions. So that was new for me. It's just like being like super crystal clear because I think as we go, um, we kind of just assume certain things like they're just going to know. And there were some things that he just missed. And that was just like my miscommunication as a coach. So that was a good learning experience for me too. Um, so that was fun. Um, I had, I think that was it for competing, I guess I had, cause I had the October, I'm just like going back to like how long it's been since we've been on here. Um, but then, Oh, the dog that we've been fostering, um, okay. we are adopting him for sure. <laughs> now. So he's foster fail. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we got to just keep him because he's just adorable and they both get along really well. So they're like brother and they sister. They like to see that, but now they lost a foster home. So they're like, oh. Yeah. So like, I'm like, well, maybe I'll just born. go in and like volunteer and just go into the shelter and like feed the dogs there and like walk mm -hmm. them and stuff. I did that for about eight months. It was very rewarding. I'd, I'd take them for walks, feed them, clean out the kennels, get them out and just play with them. Mm -hmm. uh, I did it. It might have been a year. This is going back like 2014, 15. I was less busy then but yeah. it was nice it was really nice but i only lasted about a year you see some shit that just um mm -hmm. i couldn't unsee and i just i had to take that back and i never went back but anyways yeah yeah i still i definitely want to help out with it because it's just something like we got both of our dogs now rescued um and i just yeah i just hate like seeing all of that and just yeah. 
dogs that just don't get the because our dog like he wasn't gonna have a chance with another family because he had been just hopped around so far and like he was a little like quote-unquote aggressive but he was just afraid and like people didn't yep. give him time to like be in a house long enough and like he has some food aggression stuff that we have to work on with him so it's just having someone to give him the patience that he needs because he is literally like an 80 pound lap dog he will come and sit and just rest his head on me and he just gives you the puppy eyes and he's like the sweetest thing ever and like yeah so i'm really happy about that yeah, so yeah so i'm a dog mom for sure now which is fun that's awesome um so yeah, that's I guess what's new in my life. But um, we can kind of get into the the questions now. We had we had a lot of really good questions actually. I put up a thing on my Instagram like a few weeks ago now because um, it's been a couple weeks. Um, but I got a lot of good feedback from it. So I guess we'll kind of just start in with um, can a female competitor stay within ten pounds above stage weight and be healthy? Um, I feel like this is a common question uh, that I feel like all of us get. Don't you guys think? yeah yeah guys and girls so i i I know that it's i know that we need to talk about you know guys and girls above stage weight you know how lean to stay natural versus enhanced Mm -hmm. we could probably even break this down into a whole podcast really but um i i guess i'll i guess i'll start this off real quick i'll talk about the guys you know as far as what i've seen I remember back in 2014, before I was writing my, I was in the middle of writing my reverse dieting book, my first book, and I had a client and I kept him extremely lean after his show. He only gained about three pounds from his stage weight and I got his calories up from like 1900 at the end all the way up to like 3500 and he stayed super lean. He wasn't cheating on his diet. And and we see that with a lot of people that if they stick to the diet, you can ramp their calories up. They're not going to gain a lot of body fat. Now he was a natural athlete. We got labs done about six months later and his doc was telling him, Hey, you need HRT. And this was before I was really hammering down on labs. You know, I was, I was a little bit, a little bit later than most people. So his testosterone was down around 250 still and he was about 35 years old he didn't have a long competitive history and what i learned quickly then was the lower your body fat is after a show and you don't get that back up now i'm talking about the guys because i know you guys break down the females and you're talking about a natural competitor and a natural competitor right their hormones don't come back and you see all these different issues so Obviously, we put about 15 pounds of fat on him. His testosterone levels came back up. He got back up to about 650, and his doctor wasn't harping on him to go on HRT. So lesson learned there with natural athletes is, you know, body fat really helps get your hormones back to the place that they need to be. So that's that's just my little experience that I've had with a natural guy to kind of kick it off. Yeah. I can go in on like personal experience with this one. (laughs) Uh, So before I was with Scooby prep or anything like that, and I was coaching myself, I was like, okay, I got to like figure out this reverse diet thing. So I like very slowly worked my calories up and probably too slow. And I only worked them up to about 1600 because I was like, oh, I'm a small person. I don't need that much food. But after like, this was probably like 2017 after my first year in the NPC, um, I only went up like maybe 10 pounds stage weight. So I was like about 115 my off season because I was competing in powerlifting and I was competing at like the 114 weight class. Um, So that probably didn't contribute to that because of trying to 
stay in that weight class range and stuff like that. And I can definitely say like that bled into all of my hormone issues. I was natural, um, during then too. So being natural, being female, eating too low calories, doing too much training, all that probably made it way worse. Um, and I made a little bit of progress as far as like muscle goes, but you know, it, I was off for like three years up until 2021 for competing. Um, and then that, and it took a long time to come back from that. So highly recommend not doing that, especially the ladies out there. Um, and I can say like now I am 30 pounds above stage weight. <laughs> yeah. But your stage weight's going to be higher this time. Yeah. But I'm like thriving. At it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm like up 30 pounds, but like not in a bad way. And obviously like PEDs come into play into that, of course, now, and that helps things along, but you still have to recover and everything like that. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that just staying above 10 pounds above stage weight and to be healthy is not a real thing, no matter what, for anybody. I, uh, I, I've got a question for you guys, and unless you had something to add to that, Jason, then I was going to ask a question. Uh, I was just going to say that, um, there are occasional outliers just like there are to anything. Um, but you won't know that you're one until you, you try it. And then, you know, I always tell women, you should be trying to restore your period. So it's like, you know, what do I need to weigh after? Well, I don't know. Where are you hormonally healthy and able to build muscle and feel great? And if that's 10 pounds and they've got a great cycle and they're eating 2000 plus calories and all that, then, then, then sure that's fine. But that they're far and few in between. Um, most women are going to be probably 20 pounds above stage weight, just trying to live a life and also push calories above 20. I think you're being excessive. Honestly, I think, you know, there is a point where you don't are gaining too much and your diet's going to be a bitch and that can make shit even hard, worse too hormonally. So I'd say right around there, there are all your outliers, but most likely you aren't one of them. Um, and, and I wouldn't do it now, HRT and TRT, you know, all that changes things a bit, especially if a female for me is like already in menopause and they're on like test and progesterone, if they want to stay really lean and, you know, it's not hampering their body, I, I, I let them do it because, you know, right. So there's a time and place for all of it, but, uh, your general person, especially your general natural athlete, uh, it's not a good, uh, recipe, uh, for, for future success. I can tell you that anyone I know, female, especially that has stayed within 10 pounds of weight. And I know a lot of them, uh, they've got, they've got hormonal problems like that they still battle with today. I, uh, <clears throat> you, you answered what I was going to ask you guys just to get your feedback on, but, I was going to say, I've noticed too, that it really depends on the category that you're competing in as well, because if you don't have to get so freaking peeled, like if you're going to step on the national level and figure, for example, or if you're going to do your very first show and you're going to do bikini and you've been training, you know, like a year and a half, there's a conditioning level that's a little bit different. So to stay within striking distance of bikini conditioning you know, 15 pounds above for bikini conditioning is going to be a lot different than if you're staying 10 pounds for, you know, figure conditioning. So in whether you're natural versus enhanced. So, so much just, you know, it depends. And I have people ask me all the time. They're like, so what's a, and we used to get this question at the physique summit all the time on the Q and a panels, what's a good stage weight to stay above. And it's like, shit, like we need to give a whole presentation on that. But I, I say for women, I, I just like you said, Jason, I think 20 is a, is a good average. 
unless someone's really, really big and really muscular. Nat- and I'm talking about, you know, natural females. And then for guys, man, I like to keep my guys, natural guys, 25, 30 pounds. Like when I start trying to peel 40, 50 pounds off natural guys, they never fucking get lean enough. They always lose a lot of muscle at the end. They don't look good and they just look soft. Like it just, it's, yeah, it's a nightmare when you're a natural guy and you got to lose 40, 50 pounds. So sure I can do it, but the things I have to do to get people there are just not, it's not my type of prep. I don't like to hit people two hours of cardio. Well, I don't think any natural needs to be that high in body fat to have proper testosterone levels and functioning. If they got to 40 or 50, they, they uh, didn't put the, uh, the quarter pounders down and the donuts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that person is probably someone good guy or female, if females too heavy at fat loss of stages. I think we had talked about that at one point here on the podcast, like you cut down, you get to a better off season weight and you spend six months there and then, then cut yep. down. Sorry. Yeah, I had a power lifter that came through. Uh, and I, I think she can go bro this year, but I was like, you know what? We need to do this in stages. So we diet her down. Um, she's got abs, she's got quads. Now we're, you know, about a 12 week prep out and then we're going to prep here and get her ready for uh, junior USA. But uh, she was cool with the process. And yes, now her work will be, you know, Shari did 12 weeks of it. Now she's only got 12 and in between she had 12 weeks. So it's, you know, I love her. I think she's going to do awesome. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Talked to her a few times. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. I think it's like, also if you gain too much and you go too far off plan, like it'll go, your hormones will also go down the hill in the opposite way, because if you have too much fat gain, it can also lead to estrogen dominance and stuff like that. So, um, in both sexes. Yeah. There's that, like that balance you got to have. And that's why like off season is so important. And this is why we go through it. I'm like, why, you know, it might get boring and stuff, but weekly check-ins are necessary because then your coach can be like, Hey, like we're kind of like adding a little bit of body fat. Like we should probably pull that back a little bit. So, you know, all right. So we're good on that one. Next one. So. Okay. Um, we got misconceptions of PEDs that you used to have and how has that changed now? So I, I got know. Some, yeah. Yeah. Jo- Jason, you're probably gonna have a lot. Um, yeah. So you can, you can start, I guess. Um, One of the biggest misconceptions is that I had is that, you know, certain ones would work better. Like, so, you know, if you took, 400 milligrams of MPP, you're probably going to grow better than 400 megs of, e- of Primo. Uh, and, and it's it's really the evidence isn't there to suggest that. Uh, milligram for milligram, it, it does about the same for your body. Um, so, you know, so what does that mean? Then it means pick the ones that work, that re- give you the least side effects. And uh, that makes the most sense, right? Don't go chasing some other compound. Um I also think um, when I first got into it, I thought, you know, trend was strong, but I didn't realize how strong it was. I think that uh, a little bit goes a long way. Um, And I think it probably is overused. Um, Those are probably the two biggest ones come to my head. If you guys got any that I can, I can think while I'm, while I'm sitting here. I'm a, I, I don't think I saw this question. So this one's hitting me last second and I probably just missed it on my end, but I can talk about some things that I think misconceptions that just people need to be aware of that are just starting out. For example, um, that I know a lot of people need to understand that there's a huge difference between prescription 
testosterone, HRT, and black market. So the only way to really know the difference for most people is you go get your labs done, which a lot of people aren't doing. So I can tell you that I've had people get their labs done that are using black market testosterone and their labs come back and their test says that they're at 290. Mm-hmm. You're not, your stuff's not real, right? Like it's not. That's, uh, that's grapeseed oil. Right, right. Oh, so th- there's there's a huge difference. Or I tell you what, use 150 megs of HRT, like prescription testosterone. You're going to be up around six, seven, eight, nine hundred. So you know, depending on the person. So it people, a lot of people say, well, HRT, man, I, I got on actual HRT. It's like rocket fuel. There's no use been using black market shit that you don't know. And a lot of people don't understand, like the raws come in from China and they're probably cut down there. And then whoever's making it here is probably slicing a little bit off there. So by the time it gets to you, you never know. And I don't know, I'm not in the drug dealing business, but that's just the way that it goes. I've watched enough movies on drugs. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how it works, but I, I think that's probably a big misconception. People don't realize they don't, they, they go the black market route. So um, that one and just not getting labs done. Like you can be in your, you can be 25 years old. And I know a lot of people when I first got into the industry, they're like, well, I feel good. I, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to check anything, but there's a lot of things that are silent killer. Blood pressure is a silent killer. For example, like there's a lot of things you won't feel, but if you go get your labs, you'll just see how out of whack you could possibly be. So those are the two things with PEDS that I think people need to really pay attention to. I know, I know another one. Um, I, I didn't know like how much it meant to like, um, shit. I just lost my train of thought. I can go. I got a couple. Um, for me, like I, I'm still learning a lot about PEDS right now. I know like some basics and everything and whatnot, but like, I always just had this idea of like steroids is like an umbrella term. And I was like, all steroids are bad right? Like, especially as a female, you know, and now that I've learned a lot about it, I can see where it can be helpful in some cases and like where to implement them and how, um, in like a prep, you know, if that's something that a person decides to do, but my biggest thing with it was just educating myself on it is that like my perceptions changed as I learned more and I understood how each PED actually worked and everything like that. And how, you know, it reacts in not just anyone's body, but like my body too, So that's where I guess like how mine has changed. And I guess my perception of it now is just like less is more, you know, don't start like anything and don't just like jump on something because Joe Blow at the gym was like, hey, you should try this steroid. And like, I got some for you. And like, because John said, like, you don't know where it came from and get your labs done again. Like, like John said, um, highly agree with that, because if you're going to do any kind of PEDs, you need to have everything else in check first, or it's just, it's not going to do anything for you. So. I know what my other one was. Um, everyone responds the same. So you take, you know, you take whatever these guys are taking in the magazines and you're going to be 250 ripped too. Um, I, I think at 19 or 20, I thought that, I mean, I didn't, I didn't touch them. Uh, but I think I, I thought that. Um, and, and then you realize that no, there's, there's definitely levels to response. Um, I've seen people that literally can't respond. Like uh, I used to train with a guy, literally, I, 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 I told him his training was bad. So like, I was like, okay, you train with me. He still literally got no gains. Like his body got no harder, never fuller. 
He was supposedly eating the diet I gave him. I've never seen it in my life. There was no response. Um, so, I mean, it goes all the way from no response to being a hyper responder, which makes you, you know, probably one of the guys that are on the upper echelon. Um, also misconception. You're going to hear people say that the bigger your dose, the bigger you are. And there is some truth to that, but just cranking a gram of test and a gram of this, you still aren't going to be 250. If you haven't, after your first few cycles, doing that isn't going to get you there. So. Right. Because there's like a sweet spot you have to hit with that kind of stuff too. We're having too much of it. You start to have like averse side effects as far sure. as like. Toxic. like yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, yeah. So if you're going to start on PEDS, do your research people. I thought of one more that I figure we could throw out real quick, just because it's one that a lot of people don't understand. <clears throat> and I think that a lot of people are abusing and that's anti-estrogens a lot. Um, people don't understand the effects yeah. from it. And one of the things that I never understood was, and there's different ones, right? There's Remedex, there's Novadex, like there's different ones. They, some work at the receptor, some bind up the, the estrogen that's the excess that's floating around in the body. But one thing is, is when you suppress estrogen and you suppress it really bad, when you come off, there's a huge rebound and a lot of people don't realize that. So um, you, you always see this shit show and it's not, it's not just a post-show shit show, but afterwards with any kind of peds or anything like that, if you come off of really heavy anti-estrogen use, you're going to have a really heavy rebound. And if you're already binge eating and doing everything like that after the show, you add something like that to it. And a lot of people, you know, come off of whatever they're using, anabar or testosterone, whatever, depending on guy or girl, this huge rebound effect. Well, you don't need that giant freaking estrogen rebound happening either. So a lot of people just need to understand. We probably just need to do a whole show on estrogen. I think, Jason, you guys did a really good one on the excellence cartel, if I remember right. You even had a guest in to cover one of them. Um, I, people should go back in the archives and listen to that. But, man, anti-estrogen use, people just don't understand it. Like they don't, they just think, well, fuck, no estrogen's great. Like, I don't want it. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. uh, like, all right, you're about to start hurting. Yeah, you're, you're not going to have a libido and you might not be able to get an erection either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, next question was, how does a woman's cycle change during prep? So this okay. one I feel like can be a very big answer. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Um, but I guess since I'm a female, I'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it one depends on your category that you're competing in, how long you've been competing, where your body fat's at. Um, I know some people like in myself included will lose their cycle during a prep. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean like you get to like X body fat percentage and like it goes away for everyone. It's, it's different for everyone um, of like when that happens, if it happens. Um, I have a client, she had hers all the way throughout. It was fine. Um, I know for me personally, it takes some time to get it back just because I have to get that lean. Um, but we've kind of, I guess, looked into like why that is. And like, hopefully next time it won't take as long because we kind of found out why that happens for me specifically. But um, yeah, I mean, just because of all the stress and all the, the hormones changing and getting leaner, your cycle will probably get a little bit lighter. Um, you'll probably lose it. So that's kind of like the basics of it. I guess, do you guys have anything to add to it? So I, I've, I've seen the extreme on both ends. You know, I was with Leslie for a long time and I always, when she would compete, she'd lose it. So then I would start to tell females, you know, back 
early in the day, I was like, hey, you're probably going to lose your cycle, blah, blah, blah. And then I had some that, that gained it, like they just stayed on their cycle. So like it was just all over the place. And I'm like, you know what? This is a really, really hard subject to understand. It's not something I've put a ton of research into or, you know, learning about on my end, because the way I looked at it is back then was like, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do about it? Like, we got to prep and get lean. So what do you do? So have you guys had that instance where you've had people obviously lose cycles more common, but gain cycles or they're just all over the place or they're every 10 days or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so hard to really kind of understand what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's going to end up sporadic, um, you know, because progesterone is going to be adjusting even estradiol, everything's going to be adjusting. And, you know, when you stress the, the hypothalamus, it, it basically goes to sleep and then, you know, you got GNRH that's not being released properly and you got LH and FSH not being, uh, generated properly. And then you don't get progesterone proje uh, created uh, by the corpus luteum. So you've got all these processes that, that can kind of get a chink in the armor that has to kind of occur for them to have a period. Um, it can occur towards the end of prep, or you could lose it the first four weeks. Um, I use jumpstart our product at new ethics, and that usually helps the woman keep it in longer because it's got chase berry and a little dim. Um, and so if I can keep someone's period until about four weeks out, um, I can get it back super quick after the show. Now we don't have to spend as much time, uh, worrying about getting hormones exactly where they need to be. We need to still keep feeding up, resting a little bit. Cause they're not exactly perfect, but you get that period back pretty quick. You know, you're on the right, you're on the right path, but it, it's, it could be all over the place based on, cause it's hormones, you know, how low is one going? How high is another one going? That's going to dictate time and length of the cycle. Are you getting it? All those things. So I think that was a good one. Um, all right. More on like the mental side of things, but like any advice or like ways to combat anxious thoughts or prevent like spiraling downward during prep. Um, this came from a client of mine who is very new. And so he was having a hard time with that. Well, I, I was going to yeah. ask, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, well, let's, let's let, is he natural or is he, uh, enhanced natural? Okay. So we don't have to worry about like trends app and serotonin, but even as, I'm, as it is, um, you, you've got someone eating less calories, doing more work. They're going to produce less serotonin, especially as the carbs go lower. Mm -hmm. So already you're going to have more anxiety. And if you have, uh, this is one of the hardest things I deal with in prep because I, I have naturally have anxiety. So then you put me on a diet, you know, add other things involved. It's, it's really tough on my body. That's why I don't compete every year. I love it, but I just, I don't think I could do it. Um, so, you know, that's, what's going on internally. Um, and so knowing that it's hard to combat that, um, you can support serotonin with five HTP. You can, you know, your refeed days, hopefully you'll feel a little better, but I mean, as far as like not having those an anxious thoughts and things, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I don't know that it's something that I'd, am able to solve other than uh, tell myself, Oh, here's that, here's that negative thought coming again. I I'm not going to entertain that and kind of push it away and not let it just rumble and tumble in your head for like 20 minutes. Um, that's about the only way that I know to do it. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point because like, it's easy to say like, we'll just don't think about it, but like, it's hard to just do that, yeah. you know? And um, I have like anxiety too. And I kind of actually think, I'm the opposite during prep and I like thrive in prep, if that makes sense. 
But like, I know that we've worked on this a lot with him. Um, and just like, I know with competitors in their first time too going through shows, they see everybody else and they're like, oh man, like everyone's so much bigger than me. And like, it's always the comparison game. And it's like, well, don't compare yourself to others if that's what's bothering you. You know, and you're being like, well, this person's so much leaner. This person's bigger. It's like, when you're just starting out, like there's no pressure to like win a show and there's no pressure to do any of that. It's just do your best. And then it's just up from there. Like I looked horrible my first show because I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, <laughs> I didn't look that great either. <laughs> you know, we all, we all learn these things and stuff and, you know, confidence comes out of that. So it's just a matter of like, you know, just focusing on yourself during prep and like what you can do on that day um, to do what you need to do to make it there, you know, it's, and not have like all these high expectations of yourself. I don't really have a lot to add there. The The main thing I try and do is whenever I have somebody that's really, really anxious, I try and come back and point out a lot of the positive things that we have going on right around then. Hey, you're down you know, 1.2 pounds for the week. Like you've got this and that going on. Um, but I'm also a straight shooter. Like I'm a very straight shooter. I know Jason and I are both like that. So, and I've had clients thank me for that. So with people like that, I notice I have to, make sure I keep the positive in the, in the email somewhere, like keep, make sure I keep the positives. I'll still jump in the ass a little bit if I have to, but it's, you know, as a coach, you have to really develop that client rapport with each person because everybody's so different. So some people, if they're, if they're really struggling, you have to be careful because you can send them to an even, even worse place. So I think the the biggest part where this comes in and that goes back to, you know, something I'd like to talk about on a future episode we talked about in the beginning is the anxiety of being at a show without people around that you either know or that can help you if it's your first time. And I've had people, they get so anxious and so distraught that they can't get a pump, cortisol's through the roof, like they're so stressed out. And they, they, they don't look the same. They didn't hardly get any sleep. Like there's so many things to where people need to learn how to combat anxiety. And that's easier said than done, obviously, because naturally a lot of us, you know, we have it. Like, how do you do that? So it's, it's a tough subject. I mean, that's why people get paid a lot of money to help us figure our our mental space out. You know, (laughs) it's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, always something that can definitely be worked on in everybody. So yeah. And just as you compete more, I think it kind of helps too. And just like with confidence and everything. So, so yeah. All right. Um, next one is like a fat loss question. Um, but how do we like manipulate carbs for either fat loss or contest prep situations? And this one could be a whole episode in itself, I feel like, um, cause there's lots of different ways, but do you guys want to summarize like your favorite one, I guess. It's it's an interesting question because it's something that we can, man, we can really go down a bunch of different rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. So are you talking about carbs effect on a fat loss diet versus the other macros like protein and fats? Because I guess I could start off by saying that I, I'm friends with a lot of researchers that are just at the top of the game and they're good people. And there's a lot of researchers out there that are assholes that all they want to do is try and point out everything based on weight loss. And they, they, they don't like people like us, right? They don't like people that are half bro or people that are using some of the research. And there's a lot of people out there that will say a calorie is a calorie. Well, I'm sorry. There's a huge difference when it comes to carbs 
carbs to make you secrete insulin, blood sugar, the whole nine yards, which is what your body's supposed to do. And there's things like fats that don't do that. And there's things like protein that doesn't act like either one of those because it's not a fuel source. So what I'm trying to say is when it comes to fat loss, if you have someone on, say, say Jason was starting a diet and maybe it was 3000 calories. Well, if you're eating 400 carbs a day and 60 fats, for example, and, and if your insulin sensitivity wasn't that good, would you respond the same as 3000 calories where you maybe had 120 fats and you had lower carbs, but the calories were the same, right? Well, it depends on insulin sensitivity. It depends on if, you know, Jason's been eating a shit ton of carbs and Dairy Queen and all this stuff in the off season mm-hmm. that he just starts to prep. This is stuff. That's why we've done the insulin sensitivity issue, uh, episodes and things like that. And we both spoke about this all over the place. It it depends. Like it depends on where someone's set up. But to me, there is a difference. There is a difference when it comes to fat loss. And I don't care what any researcher says because he's not the one in the trenches when you're trying to work with somebody that's got bad insulin sensitivity. You can't get it removed. Look at diabetics, for example. You don't see researchers in the in the you know fitness community talking about diabetes, but this is essentially what we're we're kind of talking about: insulin resistance and things that lead down that path. So yeah, carbs to me make a big difference. So that's I'll just kind of start it off by saying that like they're they're a different macro. Mm-hmm. Jason, what do you got on that one? I mean, you know, John went very broad with it. Um, to me, it seemed like they were wanting like certain carb ratios and different things like that, or you know, yeah. I, and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't really use really any ratios. I can give you some generic ones, like. Someone's a mesomorph, 40% protein, 40% carb, 20% fat as a starting point. Someone's an ectomorph, 30% uh, protein, 50% carb, 20% fat. Uh, someone's an endomorph, you know, those are the ones that put on fat really easy. Um, 50% uh, protein, 20% carb, 30% fat, something like that. So you can see that my carbs are lower on an endomorph. And what is that? What are they? They're usually less insulin sensitive than an ectomorph and my carbs are the highest there. So it goes back to what John was saying, but at the end of the day, then you're going to start pulling carbs. I mean, most that's the macro that we most manipulate. Um, and there's all kinds of different ways to carb cycle three, low, one high, four, low, one high, uh, three medium, uh, three lows, one high and, and, and mix them up. Um, so many different ways to do it. Um, so I don't know. I hope that helped. I, it's a broad question. So I think it that's why we're getting such different answers because it's open to interpretation of what they really were kind of looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And I had reached out to this person too to generalize like or specify more of the question, yeah. I guess. And they were kind of like, well, how do you, you know, adjust carbs, you know, kind of thing like that. And so I guess like my thought when I look at this question is like a lot of people look at when they diet, just like dropping carbs and that's what they do. And that's what I see a lot of women. I'm sure you guys do too. Is they're like, Oh, I'm on zero carbs. And it's like, Oh, great. You know, and it might work for the first two weeks, but this is why we have to adjust slowly. And it also depends on where you're starting at. Like they said, like your insulin sensitivity, your body type, um, what have you been doing in your off season, you know, types of carbs that you're using, uh, things like that. Um, I think that there's a lot that goes into it. So there's definitely like, we could probably do a whole episode on this one, honestly. So 
Yeah, I um, if you guys don't mind, in the show notes, I went ahead and put a link to my book, The Flexible Fat Loss Solution. And it's basically carb cycling. I break down how to carb cycle, how to set it up, how to set your refeed days up. <clears throat> but, you know, Jason, you and I used to, back in the day, we do high, medium, low days. Like, way, I'm talking like prior to 2010, like that was the carb cycling that, you know, somebody just wants to try that out. You can, you know, if you're a guy, and I know this is general, right, but you can take this and adjust it however you want. If you want to do a high day, a medium day, and a low day, and then start over a high, medium, low, and then maybe one more low day because that gets you to seven, you could try that. And if you're dieting, maybe you do 200 carbs for your high, do 150 for your low uh, or for your medium, and then do 100 for your low. So like 200, 150, 100, back up to 200, 150, 100, 100, and just try it. Like carb cycling really is getting in there and seeing how your body adjusts. So, you know, for me as a coach, when I start somebody on macros, a lot of times I'll, I'll get it right and it's great. We don't have to adjust. Sometimes I do it and it's like, shit, they're dropping too fast. So you got to bump up, you know, certain days. A lot of it's feedback that you watch for the first two weeks. So just get in there and try a carb cycle, but try adjusting that down. I found way better success than just leaving someone's, calories and carbs the same all across a 12-week diet for example like their body's going to adjust you're not getting any spikes in leptin in your metabolism from a high day or you know bumping carbs up so just try that just give that a shot but if you want to go to the show notes and my my book lays it out completely in detail on how to set it up yeah i think people make this a little too complicated too. And they think they got to change everything. But if you just start with that, like what John said, and then manipulate one small thing at a time and just see what works, I think that's going to be a better answer versus like, okay, well, this week I'm going to try this carb cycle. And then next we're going to try this other one and like change a bunch of stuff. Like just change one thing at a time. Yeah. So. Just change the carbs. Like I, there's nothing wrong if you just are starting out leave your protein the same, leave your fats the same and just raise and lower your carbs on those days. Like that's going to lower your calories. Um, you don't have to make it more complicated than that. Yep. All right, guys. Um, last question is, I think this is a really good question to end on. Um, cause I think a lot of women are going through this. Um, but what are some considerations for a woman in her mid forties on fat loss? It's a lot. There's a lot of considerations. Um, yes. You know, if you're in your 40s, I'm going to want labs because um, I want to know how your sex hormones are hanging up. Are you in perimenopause? Are you menopause? Um, because, I mean, building a body is is hormonally driven. Um, and if you've got low testosterone, low progesterone, low estradiol, you just really have no recovery ability. Uh, you're going to be less food efficient. Um, you're probably going to have a sluggish thyroid. So I'm going to take a look at labs. Uh, in that age group and then kind of assess metabolic um, health. You know, how is the thyroid look? Uh, how is free T3? Um, how is your cortisol, uh, CRP, your, your, your inflammation, all these things that cause roadblocks to uh, fat loss, I'm going to take a look at. Um, so it's just uh, because I, and I'm in that class too. I mean, you're just, you have, you've lived more life. Your body's had more stress and time for shit to go wrong. So, um, you know, I would get labs and I would see what you're dealing with. And then if you are in perimenopause or menopause, you know, there's certain natural stuff you can take to kind of ease those symptoms, but you probably won't get the hormones back up. So then you got to make a decision, you know, how, how, 
how much do I want my body to change? Um, do I want it to look like it did when I'm 25? Well, you probably need HRT. Are you okay with dropping 15 pounds and still having a little paunch and maybe some fat here and there? Then you're probably don't, don't need it, uh, especially if you're against it. So those are some, I mean, like I said, we literally could do a whole episode on this, but like, those are the things that come to my like head. And I teach a class on women in menopause and how to, how to train the the general population person in menopause. So if someone's interested in that, the class is this Sunday. So that's my, my takes. I, I've got a couple real quick ones too. Um, when you're in your forties, the fifties are just around the corner. So I say this with anticipation of you're in your forties, you're about to get into your fifties. Um, as we all get older, we all develop a little bit of amino acid resistance, meaning that if we're going to train with weights, our protein intake should be a little higher the older we get, right? doesn't mean a guy needs to go take in 350 grams of protein. I'm just saying, if you're a female in your 20s and you're just starting out training, sure, you can take in 120 grams of protein a day. But if you're 49 years old, your body isn't going to break down used protein as well as it did when you're earlier. It's just a part of it. Like we all develop a little bit of amino acid resistance. So your protein intake should be higher. So women in their forties, I like to see if they're training hard with weights, I like to see 150 grams of protein for most of them. Like I just don't. And I've got women that are pro bodybuilders in their fifties. Diana Gear is a perfect example who I've worked with before. She's doing her own thing now, but I mean, we'd have her 180 grams of protein a day. No problem at all in her fifties. Um, so we all need a little bit more protein, especially when you diet down, it's important, but you just, you don't want to go on the low end. Don't, don't, don't eat 105 grams of protein a day, right? You just aren't going to be able to get by on that. And then the other consideration is you still have more wear and tear on your body. It depends on how much you've been working out, but even if, even if you're just starting later in life, you're probably not somebody that needs to just jump right in and go to six days a week and train your body parts twice a week. Like let your you're older, like your joints have wear and tear on them, especially your legs. So depending on if you're new or, or not, if you're new, just jump in and try four days a week. If you're, if you're advanced and you're trying to stay healthy four to five days a week, you know, if you're really advanced and you're super healthy and everything is good and there's a spot where you need to push for six days a week, these days I kind of lean away from that because of what I see in women as they get older and the, and the constant stress of six days and what that'll do. So that that's my considerations as far as protein and like make sure your joints are ready for it. So, yeah, I like literally had to have this conversation with a client of mine last week who was like, I prescribed four days of training and she decided that she wanted to do six. And I was like, I really don't suggest this because, you know, she also works overnights as a nurse and everything. And so she's very stressed. So I was like, you know, I know it seems like it's hard to grasp that like, less is more approach here. But in this case, it really is, um, especially with like their age, you know, um, those things need to be taken into consideration. And as much as like society too, was like uh, pounded into like their heads of like, more, 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 more cardio, do all these hit classes, orange theory, like all this kind of stuff, that's just going to hinder them more. So um, I'm just going to reiterate what you guys said, and like, everything like that. So I don't think I have anything else to add to that. So now this this is a fun episode i know jason's got a role he's got a he's got a hard stop here but i i love these q and a's kayla keep these things coming i think 
you know, knowing from hosting this before in the past, people just love Q&A. So thank mm-hmm. you for putting these together. That's really good. Definitely. Yeah, of course. We have some, we have a couple guests coming up. Um, that'll be really fun to talk to. Um, I don't know if we want to disclose that yet. You guys will have to tune in for it and stick around. But um, I'll definitely put up more Q&As and stuff. Maybe we can do one every like so many episodes and everything. And yeah, this just helps us out. So um, unless you guys have anything else you want to announce, we can uh, buzz out of here. Sounds good. All right. You guys have a great day. Bye. Bye. See ya.